It was an emphatic win for the Canaries on Saturday. Went away to Bell Close, the home of Leighton Town, and Callumstead did, as Callumstead does. Two more <laughs> goals for him. He's absolutely flying in pre-season. He's only played about half the games as well. Uh, we'll then be talking about uh, Stevenage and Luton, the two local EFL sides, our expectations of them for the coming season. It's looking up for them, I think. Uh, and then Canaries Worldwide. Literally every team was in action apart from the guys out in Japan, uh, including some Olympic action uh, and the new Belgian season getting underway too. And then we're going to talk about Manchester United once again, splashing the cash and a new contract for their manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So oh, yes. as always, loads to talk about. Yeah, man. How have you been? All right? Yeah, it was a good weekend. Uh, mm. We had football on the Saturday, and the Kamikaze had a lovely, uh, lovely burger as well from Hitchin. Yeah. <laughs> from Hitchin, because they're open, obviously, uh, all day now. It doesn't have to be match day. There is a, a little socket outside where you can just rock up. And listen, it's the best burger place in town, I mm. think. Don't go to McDonald's and get 99 pence worth of minced lips and ears. <laughs> Pop up to Hitchin Canary Club Kitchen and get yourself a proper burger. Yeah, we will always rave about them. Well, I know we did How I Met Your Footballer a few weeks ago. Didn't we when yeah. we were back on lockdown? Can I add a how I met your cricketer on there? Because yeah, I listen. was in Brighton yesterday on Brighton Pier, and it was only England World Cup winning batsman Jason Roy walking down the pier, and okay. had to get a picture of him. There you go, I'll show you. Oh yeah, show He's you that. Absolutely. Very, it could be Gaza for all I know yeah, about he cricket. Got I got, yeah. He got the Foden quite he got famously the recently with a couple of his teammates, <laughs> so that helped him stand out. And fair play to him. You know the pictures you put your head in on the seafront. He was yeah, doing that yeah. and everything. Oh, so good character but Wonderful. Yeah, so cheers to him but yeah still a bit short on the footballer front in terms of how many I've met but yeah. any of them we will keep you updated because I like we got a little feature on here yeah lovely so it's always good to meet you know your mm. idols and things like that and people in the sports that you love and uh, I just never took to cricket like I keep yeah, telling you yeah, the story where the ball mm. hit me in the mouth and it split my mouth I've had to have stitches and listen that mm. hurts um, it just put me off cricket it got me thinking as well because I know you, you knowing you're close to so many people in the music industry is there anyone yeah. who you kind of still haven't come across yet and you just love to work with Oh, man, yeah, oh, there's an endless list, mm. there really is, of people. That, and, I mean, the sad thing is, is a lot of people that I'd like to work with uh, is already passed over to the to the new uh, recording studio, if you know what I mean, up <laughs> in the sky. Um, but but even among even among the youth, yeah, I mean, I would love, 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 and, and I've met the man very briefly, but I'd love to work with Jim Uruguay. I think mm. he's an absolute genius. Um that's probably uh, that's probably the only one that's alive at the moment that I can think of, <laughs> Freddie. To be honest with you, but uh, you know I come from a reggae background, so I, I have had the pleasure of, of working with Gregory Isaacs, who was one of my top guys, and mm. also we did the album with Lee Scratch Perry, uh, which was an honour in in '86, and um, yeah, blah blah blah. So um, I. I I've, met, I've been fortunate and met quite a few of my idols already and a couple of my other idols are actually friends of mine, like Black Slate. Um, you know, Amigo. <laughs> yeah, OK. <laughs> some some will, will remember that tune that yeah. are sort of uh, in their 50s. But, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been very fortunate with the people that I've met. Sporting people now is uh, a little bit different. I'm just totally unlucky. I'm the guy that turns up two minutes after they've gone. Well, you're, you've become well-known for your music taste around these parts, haven't you? If I <laughs> once again find this comment from Saturday, so Marek was in charge of playing the halftime tunes. I'm not quite sure exactly what you put on, but he had a comment from someone who didn't even leave their name and put the halftime music choice certainly shows the age difference between young commentator and listening pensioner and then a sad 
that face emoji. But if you weren't listening on the day, we hate to say it, but the, the person who was actually playing that music was in fact not the young commentator. No. It was my slightly older counterpart. So there we go. Slightly older. Well, they're, they're very similar in the fact that you're 16 and I'm 16. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm the naughty one. Yeah. Uh, Freddie's always trying to keep me uh, keep me in line. A, a very tough job, that, as my mum will surely tell you. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just I think it comes boils down to musical taste, really. Mm. I mean, maybe he, he he I don't know the gentleman he, he, he personally. Of course, he didn't leave a name or hasn't contacted us since. Uh, I would love to know what he would like because, of course, we would correct that. But for me, if I'm left in charge of the music, it, it's going to be reggae. And, and it was the Twinkle Brothers, a very nice yeah. album called Me Know I, You. I always think you can't go on with, the reg with reggae as well. Sort of thing, you just can't hate it. But maybe, yeah, maybe some people do. But yeah. you know. <laughs> That's not bad. One, one out of 400 ain't bad. Yeah, and with, with the contraption as well, normally we'll play out our podcasts at half times we'll be returning to that yeah. uh, for the most part uh, real recently sure. we had two local EFL sides coming to top field Luton mm. and Stevenage Luton with an emphatic win yeah, uh, and we restricted Stevenage um, to one goal to nil what did you make of kind of both of those games Luton obviously looked really impressive we did hold him for half an hour yeah, we did. We we held him far, and, and I thought we played actually quite well, uh, even, even after the sort of first goal winning, because the first goal that did go in was a hitching goal, mm. and uh, and it was ruled out, as you know, and I'm not going to whine on like that, because uh, I'm not really a whiner, um, but it it could have, it wouldn't have changed the result, but it would have definitely have changed the game uh, and, and maybe given and Hitchin a little bit more confidence. But yeah, of course, Luton Town, they're, they're, they're one below the Premiership and have uh, got a very, very strong squad that they've bolstered and updated um, with the likes of, of Lansbury and people like that coming in. Um, they're just a quality side and their quality showed, you know, after 30 minutes, we did well. One player symbolic of their rise as well, Peli Rudder-Kampanzu, who's been at the wow. club from conference level now all the way into the Championship. Such an impressive rise for both him and the club rewarding with a new contract mm -hmm. um, earlier this week and where, where do you see them going this season? Because obviously, similar to Stevenage, at the end of the 2019-20 season, after lockdown, they survived by the absolute yeah, skin yeah, of their teeth, Luton. Mm. Um, just about stayed up and then pushed on to much better things the season after, really similar to Borough. Yeah. Um, so I spoke to Martin Burke, because I bumped into him in town, and he said, look, we really think we can go playoff contention. I said, isn't there still a part of you, though, that thinks, you know, we were so close to relegation a couple of years ago, we have just got to be careful, don't get, don't get your hopes ahead of you is this Luton you're talking yeah. about yeah I think um with, with like with the with the new new transfers that they've pulled in it's obviously going to give them a little bit uh, more of a chance I would say if I'm a Luton fan which which I'm not I like Luton I, I had trials over at Luton in the dinosaur <laughs> dynasty um so I would love to see them do well, but you've got to be realistic. Um, that's a tough, tough, tough league to, yeah. to claw your way out of, as any Brentford fan will tell you. Um, but I think Luton have got the capability of doing it. I think they do belong in the top flight of football. Um, but maybe not this year. I don't I don't know. If, if you make the playoffs, you've had a great season. It does seem like they're back where they belong, doesn't it? Yeah. And, that, you know, they're back in their rightful place <laughs> and fighting, and going up against the big boys as well. It's a club with so much history. Yeah. And then a new stadium around the corner too. Yeah, that's lovely. I mean, the new stadiums are... They're a help or they're a hindrance, aren't they? I mean, I yeah, don't want to mention the, exactly. the, the, the Spurs or anything like that. Arsenal, West Ham. Arsenal, Ham's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the London clubs. Right. So uh, you can see that it can actually be a bit of a problem, but uh, let's hope that it isn't. I'm, I'm not a great fan of Cameron Jerome. Um, sorry, I think they, they could probably have something a little bit 
meteor up front. But hey, I love to be corrected and I love to be put in my place. And uh, let's hope Luton do it. And let's hope Cameron has a great season. Stephen, it's been a constant kind of battle between them and League Two and then dropping down yeah. into into non-league first teams to, to win a, a competitive final at Wembley. It's kind of the stat that's kept them going for the last yeah. few years in, in many ways. I was there on Friday night. They were up against the Crystal Palace 11. Uh, and you can read my match report from that one for Hitchin Nub News. But after the game, I spoke to Stevenage winger Elliot Osborne. Here's what he had to say. Um, Elliot, it, it all panned out quite well tonight, didn't it? I mean, we're going down uh, to 10, just nine minutes in for Crystal Palace. I mean, what do you make of that, a red card in pre-season? Because it kind of weakens the contest a little bit, but yeah. came into your hands. Yeah, you don't, you, don't, you don't particularly want to see it just because, you know, you want a, a really tough game. Mm. And as soon, as soon as the team goes down to 10 men, it obviously becomes a little bit easier. But it was a sending off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're going to get rewarded for good play, like we did with the ball going in behind and really taking a great touch across him, I mean, a red card's a red card, isn't it? So it's one of them. Two new signings up front, but it seems like you've really clicked. Yeah, I think I think our new signings, um, I mean, they, they complement each other well. Reedy's quite strong, hold the ball up, and then obviously uh, James Daly can run in behind. He's quite quick, so... They complement each other really well at the moment, so just really happy with that. Obviously, there's a few trialists and subs coming in in, the, in these games. What's it like for you, you know, as a player who's been at the club, you know, not not with a, a longer amount of time, but do you almost feel like one of the more experienced players when you've got these trialists coming in, the younger players? Yeah, I think I think that's the case. I think every season, no matter what club you're at, you're going to get trialists, um, and then they want to look at the trialists, and that's that's. That's what they do, um, and sometimes I think it's for you as an experienced player to help the trialists out um, and to, to give them advice on what they should be doing, what the what the gaffer wants, and what Dino wants them to do. So uh, I think having trialists can, can be really good. You're a player with non-league experience, obviously, um, with Stockport County. How have you found the transition going up a league? Has it been fairly simple? Yeah, I think um, I think. It... <laughs> It's tough because obviously it is a better league, but there isn't. I don't think there's that much difference in between. I think you've seen that with the players like Jake Reeves. He's come up a league this year, and you've seen it in the past with players who've come up a league. Um, and uh, I don't think the, the transition's too difficult. It might be a little bit faster, but uh, uh, other than that, I, I think it's been quite good. Great to see the Borough fans back in. What would your message be to them ahead of the upcoming season? Yeah, I think it. I, I, I think it'll be a really positive year um, as long as they can keep coming uh, in the big numbers. Uh, I, I just think we'll have a really good season and I'm just happy to meet them all. Yeah. Cheers for your time anyway. Cheers, that was Stephen Ishwinger, Elliot Osborne after their 1-0 win against Crystal Palace under 23s. There was a fair bit going on well, in that It sounded interview. like they had somebody on the stretching rack, didn't they? <laughs> you know, maybe a couple of the trialists saying, you know, you've got to be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lawnmowers are going around, maybe there's a squeaky gate and <laughs> everything, but yeah, it was all kicking well, but, off. But positive vibes from, uh, from mm. you know, Stephen man there. And that is, I think, yeah, that pretty much sums the mood up around the club. They've invested well in the transfer market. Two new strikers it can yeah. always be a gamble. Yes. But it seems to have paid off. Jamie Reid and James Daly, two strikers that do different things but work for the same cause really well. Um, and I think they're, they're another club. They're going to be looking mid-table and beyond in League Two. And then, you know, you never know. You just never know in these leagues, do no, you? No, that's right. And, and, and again, I would say for Stephen, his consolidation would be, would be, you know, a good result. Mm. And uh, in the playoffs would be a fantastic season. So we'll keep an eye on those two then. Local sides, always good to see them do well. And um, with ticket prices not too bad as well. Support yeah. your local I'm team. Actually, if... 
a, a member of Stevenage, so uh, yeah, I joined up with their fanzine and uh, mm. the club, so I get the newsletter and everything like that. Yeah, they're local, and I like to support mm. local teams. Well, we'll have to go down a few times this season. I think I'm going to be doing a bit more coverage for Hitchin Nub News, going down to the Lamex, and you've Lovely. got free muffins as well in the media box. So yeah. you know, Hitchin, step up your game. Yeah, Maybe, yeah. You know, he's going to step up with the baking, but happy with the Canary Kitchen anyway. Yeah, uh, where we'll be heading down later. Let's talk Canaries worldwide. So much pre-season action, Olympic action too. Wow. Uh, in France, FC Nantes were away at Brest, who were kind of relegation rivals last season. It was a 3-1 win uh, for Nantes. In Belarus, Neman Grodno, they won uh, 1-0 against FK Slutsk. It was an 86-minute winner uh, by the substitute Igor Zubovic, lifting them out of the relegation uh, playoff spot. Uh, and it was the first game of the season in Bulgaria. A couple of these, uh, actually, over the last weekend. Uh, Bo uh, Botev Plovdiv uh, winning against uh, Pirin uh, Blagovigrad. I'm glad you tried to Something say that. Something like that. <laughs> Snuck up on me there. Um, uh, so they started as they made to go on two first-half goals in a home win. Then the Olympics. Have you have you caught any of the football over in Japan or I've not caught, much? Uh, I've caught some of the women's football mm. um, going on. Yeah, well done, Team GB. That's a good result against a strong Japanese side. Yeah. Yeah, good uh, win that. I Ellen that White. Good win. Yeah, of course. The female Harry Kane. She does what <laughs> Harry Kane's supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, love love the team. Mm. Excellent. Really good contingent of players, and hopefully yeah. they'll be looking to go all the way. Especially, obviously, well, Paris has, has just mm. signed for Arsenal, and look at her. And also, we've got the Japanese forward as well. Iwabuchi. I think I'm really looking forward to Arsenal women this yeah, season. Yeah, me I'm too. Going to be doing a bit more for the Guna for them as well. I think there's a lot of reasons to really, you know, go and support them and yeah. start watching them. But in terms of the men's football, it's pretty much under 23s, under 24s. You're allowed three players over age. Danny Alves in action for the Brazil Olympic team, a player who's won everything there is to win including the Olympics, yeah. um, but he's still going. Um, it was the second game of Group D, and they drew 0-0 of Ivory Coast. Uh, Douglas Louise was sent off to just 14 minutes. Ivory Coast had a man sent off two. <laughs> uh, so both of these sides joined top of Group D after two games. Gabriel Martinelli uh, got some action from the bench, and Manchester United, they had Eric Bailly and Ahmed Diallo uh, in the okay. Ivory Coast. So there's not too many household names, but there are a few that pop up now and then. And Martinelli, I suppose, as an Arsenal fan, we just pray he doesn't get injured out there. Well, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't get played, which is beyond sort of my comprehension, really, mm. because uh, when you've got a young talent like that, I'd really think you have to give him match time. You know, like we was talking with, with Roy uh, at the game on Saturday, you know, fitness is all very well, but match fitness is mm. just crucial to your game. And I just think that, that Martinelli needs more time, you know, at Arsenal, more how, how good was Roy the other day? By the way, we must have talked to him <laughs> for about an hour. He'd be such a good podcast guest. He's been to thousands of hitching games. Yeah, yeah. He's seen absolutely everything theme but uh, you know doing the same job every season a real proper non-league man he is um, indeed Finland, uh, KUPS, or I'm not quite sure the correct pronunciation. I imagine it's some sort of an uh, abbreviation. Now, Spurs fans, you can keep your eye out uh, for KUPS because they're in Europa Conference League qualification. Uh, currently second in the top division in Finland. Ilves remains seventh after a 1-0 defeat. And in Belgium, we know Sintroiden were in relegation trouble last season. They, they started indeed. their new season with a 2-1 win uh, over KAA Ghent, who were seventh and also in uh, Conference League qualification. Sent them packing 
attacking as well. Comeback win, conceded in the second minute. Uh, go, go on the Sintroid. And, you know, that's that's what you want. After being in relegation trouble, having such a tough season, of course you bouncing do. back up, got some Japanese players in there too. Yeah, no, that's exactly what you want. And uh, and when you become a, a selected canary worldwide, mm. uh, your game does go up. Look at Nantes. They, they yeah. haven't lost since Turned we took around. them on. And uh, they're, they're absolutely flying. So, yeah, I mean, all, all the best to uh, Trudency. Um, I, I hope they go from strength to strength, really. Uh, Finnebache won 4-0 on a friendly against the side. I simply cannot pronounce, but Turkey's Ozan Turfan returned from the Euros. He scored in a fairly convincing friendly win. And then finally, uh, yesterday, a brilliant friendly, five-goal thriller over in the Canary Islands. Las Palmas beat Premier League Wolverhampton Wanderers 3-2. So they raced into a two-goal lead. Then former Liverpool man Keanu Hoover pulled on back uh, in the second half. Hesse Rodriguez, who else? Yeah. Former Stoke and PSG man. He clinched the win in the 73rd minute. But then Morgan Gibbs-White pulled on back. So sort of pre-season game you really like to see. Goals flowing and uh, good players getting an appearance too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Wolves, Wolves kind of worry me this season with the... Um, with the um the loss of uh, Nuno Spirito, Spirito Lino um, <laughs> going over to Tottenham, but that's mm. uh, that's a whole new podcast, that one there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a friendly. You go to the Canary Islands to play a Canary, you, you, you're bound to be asking for trouble there. Yeah. Second tier, though, side in Spain. I don't know if there'll be many worries, but they've obviously yeah. splashed the cash on a few players of Las Palmas. It was a decent-looking uh, Wolves side. Now let's talk the only Canaries we're worried about today. Hitch in town, uh, Travelling to Leighton Town, first meeting um, for a long, long time, really, between the two sides. Two teams yep. that don't know each other very well. Mm -hmm. And Callum Stead scoring two goals. The assists were almost identical, weren't they? Balls through by Ryan Smith first, Rio de Silva. Yep. One was a chip and one was a finish around the goalkeeper. And um, It was just, just a return to the side he needed. He scored a hat-trick against Harpenden, scored against Pittston in midweek, and then two more. I mean, you just can't stop him, can you? Once, once he gets in behind the defence, and Leighton were playing a high line, mm. and... Um, which worked against everyone else apart from Callum Stead. Not against Callum Stead. You're not going to... Because all you've got to do... We've got people that can thread a ball through an eye of a needle, really, at this level. And... Um, you know, if, if he does and Callum Stead gets on the run and you're a defender going forward and all of a sudden you've got Callum Stead flying past, you've got to turn around and catch him. You don't mm. stand a chance. Uh, and that's why two goals in very quick concession for, for Callum Stead. Lovely, lovely to see that. And, and just good performances all around on the pitch for Hitchin, really. I mean, it started off in worrying signs for Hitchin. Leighton yeah. were knocking on the door. Dan Webb cleared one off the line. They hit the post. But wow, Hitchin just in. rode the storm, didn't they? They calmed mm. it down. You had that experience at the back and you had uh, Kieran Jones coming in as well. Right. their former Luton youngster good. and him and Webby looked really assured left foot and right foot combination played yeah. well with Alex Brown as well and yeah. Michael Jones those guys really excited defensively we look sound and really fit as well if you look at the mm. flanks we gave Alex Brown man of the match Dan Ackerween as well yep. bombing up and down for 90 minutes yeah incredible incredible fitness levels and Berkey's got to have been pleased with that we didn't get a chance to have a chat with him unfortunately because uh, it was just everybody cracked on and, uh, and cleared off but um, yeah he's got I'll be pleased with that, especially defensively. Um, I, I thought, like I say, I mean, I had to choose man of the match and I did give it to Little Grin. But um, <clears throat> it could have gone to anyone, really, couldn't it? And uh, like you say, that that combination with Jones and Webby at the back, looking very solid. And, of course, we've also got Walster that came in. Yeah. He looked good as well. Excellent corner taker. And uh, it, it's exciting times, which I'm really looking forward to this season because we, we have got form and we've got our big Grin back. Alex Marsh, he's not... Sometimes he's not an act like a flat 
flamboyant number 10 or a player playing behind, he will fight for that ball and, you know, he'll sometimes make the simple passes rather than taking people on. He's not really someone who burst in behind, but he does that job so well, rewarded with a goal where he took it around the young goalkeeper as well. He had a really good game. Yeah, Marsh is always going to have a cracker, isn't he? Because he works hard and he's passionate. He wants he wants the ball. He wants to win. He wants to get that part. You know, mm. everything is just played with such a passion. The same as his brother, you know, the pair of them. Like I say, the, <laughs> you know, we've we've got a squad in depth now, mm. you know, and it's, and it's great. And, and as Berkey says, it's hanging on to people at this level that, that's always sort of the problem. And, and Hitchin appear to have not only hung on to a few little diamonds, but also to have found some new ones. Jack Green said that too, didn't he? He said the Marsh is just so angry all the time. <laughs> I know they play cricket together too, so I wonder what they're like on that team. Probably fairly similar, but what I like about them, we saw Stevenish come down and Marshy constantly engaged, going up against Ben Coker, who's been yeah, there, yeah. done that in the in the football league, gone on cup runs with Lincoln and promotions right. and everything. And, and Marshy just was not fussed at all. And you can see they've taken people like Kai Teal under their wing too, mm. using their experience. And then uh, one final thing as well, Luke Brown on his return to the side. It seemed to take him a while, but the second half he just seemed like he got his mojo back. He was yeah. taking the touch, turning, flicking these balls over the top and him and Callum Stead started to get going. Then Henry Snee came on. They started to get going as well. We were just seeing the flashes of, you know, of what we know and love from last season. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to say, you know, they're three tiers below us, but uh, that is a fact. They are three tiers below us, but they were up for it. They were mm. up for the rail. How that first couple of uh, first 10 minutes, they, that ball didn't go in the back of the net for, for Leighton is beyond me. And the whole game as well. Second half, they had a few chances and they just, they, they did. almost didn't want to shoot at times. It but was weird. I, I think the problem with Leighton and their, and their manager was a bit of a screamer, but um, it's just that defensively, when you go past them, they, they, they just can't be bothered mm. to chase it or pick it up. And the way they, they just sort of... Completely agree, just, yeah. just They just pass the ball anywhere. And, of course, within three minutes of the second half starting, a, a very sloppy ball passed back into, into an on-running... Um, uh, oh, who, 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 I'm not sure who it was um, that came running in now, but... Um, Right into the path of somebody you don't want to be putting it into. Like, I think it might have even was been Was that De Silva's goal? It was or De Silva, right. Yeah. Okay, so in the first couple of minutes of the second half start, and you just saw, I looked straight at the Leighton manager, and he just put his hand in his his head in his hands and just like, you know, what can I do? They had some options from the bench as well, and they kind of, the subs came in and almost just settled it down a bit more, which is what they need. But Well, they brought on, a, his, his, his mum was sitting just down to the yeah. left-hand side, actually, lovely Centre lady, back, yeah. um, who, who came on, a Scott, Scott... Can't remember. Yeah, anyway, Sam Scott. Was Sam it? Scott. Thank you very much, Freddie. Young, young, moist that only brain. Only player we actually knew the name of. That <laughs> day, so. Apart from the goalie, but yeah. we even got that wrong. Um, but yeah, uh, when he came on, he was he, he kind of added a bit of structure to the defence, and also he had a little bit going forward. You know, big strong lad with with a bit of pace. I think he should have been on right from the off personally. But uh, yeah, um, a late inside that. Uh, it, It'll be a little bit better tonight. We're we're up there tonight against Berkhamsted. Beaconsfield. Beaconsfield. Okay, so it's um it's that's gonna be a little bit better. Yeah, you can tune into that one on HDFC Radio on Saturday, Barton Rovers, a league below, but always in a good mm. scrap against Hitchin. We've been in cup games and a few former Canaries as well. It's always good to see when players that know each other very well. That'll be hopefully live on HDFC Radio, the contraption going down. I can only congratulate you on that as well, going to Leighton and you know, not even needing power or, no. or Wi-Fi from the club. It is an amazing feat, I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 I've, I've, I did IT for years, so um, and just generally I've been 
been making bodged little bodge units, you know, guitar amps that played before they had the portable guitar amp. I had one with a car battery, motorbike battery it was actually. <laughs> um, you know, and I've, I've always done stuff like that simply because, well, I ain't got the money to go out and buy the flash stuff, you see. So you've got to build it from uh, from junk, which we which we did with the contraption. But hey, it works and it sounds great. And then next Tuesday, Bedford Town are at home. We're also going to be speaking to Stu Curtis, the man behind the new Hitch in Town rebrand and the new mm. kit as well. We're going to start basically a new feature called the HTFC Radio Halftime Guests. So yeah. if you are around at Topfield and, and you might want to chat to us at halftime, do come over and say hello and we'll see if we can get you on anyone interesting. Um, and we'll see who's around tonight, basically. You never know who's going to walk through the doors. No, we'll grab them and stick them in the electric chair and yeah. bunk some headphones on their head and say, right, you're on. No, looking forward to that one. Uh, but next up, Manchester United saw the... I don't think they've confirmed the signing of Rafael Varane, but Fabrizio Romano said it's happening and that yeah. man knows everything and we will we will fully trust him. Uh, roughly 42 million, uh, which I think probably, you know, if you're thinking of how much Arsenal are looking at spending on Ben White, 42 million on a World Cup winner of Real Madrid, not bad business at all, is it? Well, United always seem to get good little buyers and little fines all over the place. I mean, they just picked up Sandro as well. Mm. Um, slightly more expensive, obviously. But yeah, uh, you know, there's bargains out there to be had and uh, we'll look at the Italian goalkeeper, absolutely zero. Uh, I'm sure his wages will, will make up for that. Yeah. But, you know, not a bad sign-in for a freebie, you know. Uh, and, and United have always been mm. good at that. And I, I, I've... I quite fancy their chances this season, you know? Yeah, that's going to be what we're going to try and decipher because if you look at the defence now, you've obviously got Maguire, who's had such a good Euros. He did. Put Varane next to him, and we've always said with that defence, the thing is with Maguire, there's an obvious lack of pace there. Someone like yeah. Varane, <laughs> he is known for his pace at the back. He will yeah. really get up and down. Um, and, you know, in terms of a last-man tackle, he's the sort of person you want coming back to, mm. to slide in. He does give them that option. I mean... The only weakness I see is still on the centre of midfield, Fred, you know. Yeah, no. It just doesn't quite fit the bill. And, and Pogba, to be mm. fair. I mean, it, as, as, as much as United fans are hang, draw and quarter me for saying this, maybe not, but uh, Pogba's got to go, man. He's, he's just a, a lump of bricks sitting in the way of somebody that could come through and be mm. better. Excellent for his country, uh, very poor for his club. Well, we know people like that as well, don't we? McTominay, really up and coming, isn't Great he? He's player. had a really good season scoring as well. He's added goals yeah. to his games, finding the corners from all sorts, all areas of the pitch. I remember yeah. that one against Manchester City where he lobbed Edison, he scored a couple yeah, against yeah. Leeds in that game in the first half as well. Do you think maybe they just need to find him a midfield par partner, somebody who can just sit next to him, let Fernandez and possibly Lingard run run the show in front? You just you have to have those two all just sit in front of Maguire and Varane. You see, Lingard's another one. You see, when Lingard's got a flea in his ear, he's mm. a great player. But and they're he... going to hold on to him and commit now. Well, let's hope that they do because. Um, but is he going to be that player? Is he going to, or is he just going to come out and play the first couple of games like he did mm. at West Ham and be absolutely? amazing and you think my god why have, why, why have United lent him out he's absolutely brilliant um, but then he just sort of kind of blends in with the paintwork and just becomes a you know a financial problem um, but I hope I like Jesse Lingard I like the way he plays and I, and I hope that he picks up his game and, and, and slots in there Sancho coming in I mean it is a great signing there's great no signing. there's no two ways about it and he will be starting but how do you see that now do you think Cavani maybe will be induced to an impact sub who will play a few European games or if you're playing Burnley it's just the sort of play you want to Hassan and Harry the defenders but mm. Marshall's a lot of talk about him people say he's just not up to that standard required how do you see him lining up do you think they'll go with Rashford in that number nine role and Fernandez, Sancho, 
you know, Greenwood in behind him. There's, they've got the options now, but maybe just yep. not quite that number nine. No, they haven't got the number nine. In fact, the only number nine they have really got is Cavani at the mm. moment, isn't it? And I think he's got another year in him. I really do. I think the man, the, the player's a superb player. Um, but he is getting on a bit, uh, ain't we all? And... Um, I don't know if how much that's going to impact his ability to play because, as, you, as you've seen, football in this country has taken a little step up in speed and you just haven't got that time anymore. And I don't know um, if, if Cavani uh, can, can take hack the pace. So he'll either come on as a sub or he'll be subbed off. Um, so finally, are they title contenders? Manchester City are the champions. They'll be yeah, the favourites if you look at the But they've got one striker. I mean, what are they going to do? They've got Jesus who hardly mm. gets a game. Are they going to play without a striker? Is, but, this, is this his dream to but win we the all, league? We all know the rumours with Kane, don't we? And you think I don't they, think that's going to happen. But you think if that does... I mean, I know the Grealish, the Grealish rumours yeah. have died down a bit, but even without Grealish, you know, Foden, De Bruyne... Yeah. They don't need Grealish. Yeah, you're, it's almost unfair on the rest of us if they go and nick Grealish but would yeah. you make them favourites? If you're going to place your bet, who's your money on for, for Premier League? Who's my players? money on for the Premier League title? OK, um, I don't want to see Man City win it again and walk it again with squad depth and all that Arabian money coming in. Um, no, I, I, I don't want to see City win it. I think um, I think United have got a chance. I'd like to see um, I'd like to see an interesting team actually. Um, and again, this is not a team I really want to see win the league, but certainly rather see them win it than City. And that's Everton. <laughs> I know it's, bold. <laughs> it's very bold statement. I know it's a very bold statement. But if you look at their first six seven games. Mm. They're all kind of... But didn't the same happen last season, though? Yeah, And it they did. dropped off And they did that. drop off. But uh, but, but now they've uh, they've got rid of Theo Walcott, who, you know, is, God bless him, he's, he's, he's done all right. And they've, they've brought in Andros Townsend, who I think is a really interesting signing. And I can see you screwing about I him. I think he's just a very Everton signing. Same with Damari yeah. Gray, same with Asmir Begovic. Yeah. You know, his back up to Pickford. We've got a new manager now there. You know, not we, yeah. but they've got a new manager I there. I mean, they had that with Ancelotti, and, and we know what Benitez can do. He has been out in China, but it's obviously yep. a job he, he really wants. He's already turned it around at Newcastle as well. We talked about this on our blind commentary the other yep. day as well, we did, didn't we? Yeah. But it, you feel it, it just could go either way. And I think the fans have got to be patient with Benitez. But yep. there's always the thing with Everton. If Real Madrid, PSG, one of the big clubs need a manager, they just, you know, Benitez just could get picked up like that. And I think that was always the problem with, with Carlo Ancelotti. It's been the problem with everyone, you know, Ronald yeah, yeah. Koeman. I'm not saying Everton are going to win the league, by the way, or that they're, uh, but I'd, I'd like to see them up there and, and, and play him because, um, just, just they've got a nice, interesting selection of players, and, and like I say, with Townsend coming in, I thought Townsend was great at Palace, one of their one mm -hmm. of their better players, and uh, he's still got a, a couple of seasons in him, Townsend, to make a difference, um, and I'd, I'd like to see him do well. Chelsea as well, Champions League winners, yeah. they've got to be in and around it at, at least, surely. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, if if they if they, I just don't like Werner. He's just not really a striker of any. He's, you know, he's just not. He's just not on it for me. You know, mm. he's, he don't strike the fear of God in me. You know, if I'm if I'm a goalkeeper and I've got Werner coming towards me, I think, yeah, okay, well, I stand a chance here. If you've got somebody like uh, Cavani coming at you, or or even uh, Jesus, even, you know, um, you, you're going to be a little bit more worried. 
There we go then. <laughs> um, it's, a lot's going to happen. We're going to talk about fantasy football next season because we're going to start next week. So we're yeah. going to no um, set up a, a Canary Club podcast. Fantasy it's done, league. actually. It's, it's all done. done. It's so we'll, all done. We'll get that to you next next season. We're going to make a jingle for it as well so you know exactly how to sign up. We're going to make a big old league. We have a couple prizes as well, more to be revealed Absolutely. Uh, this time next week. Uh, but until then, we've got a few commentaries up. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, fair play to you. You've tuned in straight away. Uh, but if you're listening to this for the rest of the week... Um, we're at Barton Rovers on Saturday, then Hitchin on Tuesday, 3 o'clock kickoff Saturday, 7.45, I'd imagine, yeah. uh, on Tuesday. Two good games coming up for you uh, on HTFC Radio. Plenty more pre-season action to come. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and let's hope the sun comes out, and I'll see you later, Marek, for another commentary. Looking forward to, to it, and uh, we'll see you tonight up at Topfield. Stay blessed. <laughs>